It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I'm back, baby. Thanks to Ben Byram uh, filling in yesterday. Great job, too, by uh, Coach uh, Perry. Always good to have Michael Perry on. He's Love a Coach uh, Perry. He's so good, isn't he? He's the man. Congrats, congrats yesterday to uh, Jeff Charles for calling his 1,000th ECU basketball game. You've got to have a pretty hearty constitution to have called that many Pirate Hoop games <laughs> over yeah. the years. That's a lot of bad basketball. I hate to say it. <laughs> It's been a lot of games that uh, the Pirates didn't finish uh, in the win column. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, thanks you for being with us here today. Uh, Patrick Johnson with you. Ben Byram producing today's show. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. And we've got Jim Zoki coming up in just a little bit. Talk some uh, Carolina Panthers with him. Hey, uh, so- Ben. Some really good uh, news today as far as uh, DeMar Hamlin. I I would say in some ways remarkable news, miraculous news. Um, Apparently overnight, it opened his eyes. He's able to communicate by writing. Still in critical condition, but there is signs of improvement. I think a lot of that's because of the breathing tube, too, because when you put a breathing tube in, you're not able to speak for a couple of days. You still got to recover from that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you don't know what he's still yeah, hooked with. up to. Yeah. 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 But I mean, for him to be able to recognize and hold hands of his family, I mean, that is truly a miracle of God. It, it, it truly is. And it, it's also a testament to the uh, just tremendous work of the trainers at the game that night, the first responders, and the people at that hospital in Cincinnati remarkable stuff well he asked if he won the game that was the first thing if he asked is if they won the game that's that's amazing isn't it yeah that yeah that's that's wild and so uh the doctors have told him you've won hey i'm a big Lamar hamlin fan he won me a fantasy championship not the way i would have wanted to win but it took him it took like literally an impossible scenario and it's it won me a championship so he's forever going to be in my heart and in my book your championship notwithstanding, he will. I'll always be. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Rooting for him wherever he winds up. Championship. By the or way, not, uh, he's still the man. No, no, he is. And um, you know, uh, you guys came all the way down from the top last night, you and Cookie, to see me there at the courtside. That was great. It was good you. to see you. And I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Disappointed. Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed. Oh, do I need to bring you some food or some water? Uh, no, 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 no. Well, that you, that's always welcome, but I'm a little disappointed you didn't have that championship belt slung over your shoulder. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I was taking it everywhere for a bit and then even people at work were asking, "Where's the belt?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is a thing now." 
people were all annoyed and saying how obnoxious I was until I didn't have the belt anymore. Do you know Taheem Daniels? Taheem, that sounds familiar. So Taheem played ball at Rose, and he's on uh, Big E's semi-pro team. He's a great punter. I, th- I think Taheem could have probably Love Big e. gone somewhere and, and, and kicked or something. But uh, Taheem's got his, his own championship belt he carries around to the, to the football games at ECU. Yeah, I'm carrying mine next time. I want Because, look, everybody can act like it's obnoxious and they don't like it, but at the end of the day, I'm the people's champ because they were wondering where the belt was when I didn't have it and what the big deal was. So they love it. I, I, I'm not going to – I think it would be a little obnoxious, but I am not going to lie. You you should have uh, had it on over the shoulder. I'll bring it next game. I, I'm guaranteeing it right now. I'll bring it the next game, and I'll bring it down and show it to you. If you want to bring it up on the ESPN Plus broadcast, by all means, you can be honorary champ for a night. I'll, I'll see what we can do. By the way, uh, we got a belated birthday gift to my nephew, Fitz. Uh-oh. I know he's a big wrestling fan. And we got him a, a, a you know a kids replica championship belt. I did so. see him hawking that around. That's awesome. He's he carries it over his shoulder like a champ. So that's you know it's hey Ben B baby probably needs to do this. He's what in around what seven eight years old nine years old yeah in that range yeah. If I was nine years old and AEW was around, it would be my favorite thing ever as well. <laughs> and that's not a knock on AEW. Would. It's just it's just like I, if I was a kid, I would love stuff like that. I would wish WWE was like that at the time. Yeah. So we've got uh, Pirate lost last night in basketball. A uh, couple of notes we'll start with uh, prior to that is, uh, well, I guess we go ahead and do a Pirate report, right, Ben? Can we do that? Absolutely. Let's get right into it. Yeah. Why not? Let's do that. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Justin Red and Miles Berry have both declared their intention to go in the NFL draft. They're both uh, Miles Berry is a senior, right? Yeah, he was he was already going to be gone anyways. Why would he declare for the draft? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock anybody here. I'm just I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, you uh, you posed that question to me earlier, and I was like, "Well, isn't that normal?" And then I was like, "Well, no, he's a senior. Most guys that are already." Going to right, the it's NFL. assumed yeah, if it's assumed, yeah, it's assumed if you're a senior, like yeah, you played never a lot of or anything like that, or guys right. like that, or CJ Stroud, but, I mean, or you Bryce Young. My assumption was that Miles Berry is going to do everything he could to to give himself a shot to play in the NFL. But yeah. I, I I don't know, and I've I been saying this for every guy that's declared so far, even if they don't make it in the NFL. There's two other pro leagues now where you can make a good living. Well, you can always go to Canada and make yeah. a living. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Always That's always been an option. We've had parts that have done well there. Yeah. Can- Canadian League legends. Um, and then Justin Red, who's kind of an interesting case. Number one, he's sponsored by a wing joint, so I think that's great. He'd bring us a little food, right? Bring us some wings. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, he likes all our stuff. I mean, he's a, he's a fan, so, you know, show us a little love. Show a little love to the people's champ. Friend of the show, Jay Red. Um, he has also declared. Now he'd hit the portal, right? He had hit the portal, and uh, the word I got was he didn't realize he didn't have any eligibility left. So he, uh, ah. yeah, he declared for the draft. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so hey, that, I, I guess I guess he was correcting the record. I saw he had a neat right? little video up and had his graphic and everything. So you know he's doing his thing. One of my rumor has it spies from the Always Anonymous text line claims there's a couple of uh, DBs from uh, UNC that are in the portal on campus today in Greenville. Uh oh. Well, we got DJ Ford before, so and we got Avery Jones, yeah. so we got a little connection with them. Kamara Edmonds, another one, so mm-hmm. we got yeah. a little bit of a pipeline going there. A little bit of a pipeline going there, absolutely. Uh, Pirates lost last night to the uh, fighting UCF. Brandon Suggs. Fighting Brandon with Suggs. his one yeah. point. I'll tell you what. There was uh, some real, uh, I'm just going to say it, animosity out there. I thought they bought a little bit too much into it. I, I I thought it was a little unnecessary. Usually I like stuff like that. It's like, come on, people. Like, Brandon Suggs, he's not a huge, even really that huge of a contributor at UCF. Nothing against him. He was huge. He was here. out there in crunch time. Yeah. He was out there in crunch time. Yeah. But, I mean, one point says it all right there. And he played a lot of minutes, too. Well, uh, he, I think he got a tad rattled, and I think some of the guys playing him got a tad. Well, I'm surprised he didn't get a, t- didn't get a tech when he just straight up full hand pushed Winston Tabs two handed. Yeah, that was that was a a little a little refs refs uh, a little lackluster in this game, which we I've kind of come to expect in conference play in the AAC. You know, I'm gonna say that I actually didn't think they were. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. They were bad both ways, I thought. Yeah, no, I don't think it like cost us a game or anything. Let me go ahead and no, say, no, no. Like, no, I'm not yeah. blaming the rest for the loss whatsoever. And, and here's the other thing I think we've got to understand is fans and, and the players are learning. Um, you, you're, you're not going to get a call inside going to the basket unless, I mean, no blood, no foul, as we used to say on the, on the blacktop back in the day. Yeah, and I, I like the approach for a little bit there where they were just letting them play. You know, they let some stuff roll, and I'm fine with that, and they were letting it roll on both sides. But then there was a moment yeah, like, now but, we're just going to start then, calling fouls. Right, and then it, it was consistently inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the and perfect that's, way to put it. If you're going to be if you're gonna be inconsistent, at least be consistent. Or, or if you're going to be not let everything go, be consistent with it. That's what I'm yeah, trying to say. Absolutely. If you're going to call everything tight, be consistent with it. Don't be consistently inconsistent. There was one play that bothered me at the end where C.J. Kelly, I believe, leaned into an offensive foul. And I know the NBA got rid of that. I would like to see college get rid of that because that was a crucial offensive foul that killed yeah. us. He leaned right yeah. into it. That was that was so annoying. Smart play on his part was so annoying. He was savvy. Uh, I got to talk to him after the game, and he was uh, really emotional. I think he was really drained after the game physically, but he was awesome. Last he played night. great, especially from beyond the arc. I got to give him his flowers. Played really good. You know, going to that game, we were more focused on Taylor Hendricks and Darius Johnson because those have been the two really good guys for UCF on the season so far. But he unloaded from beyond the arc, and you just couldn't stop him. Getting open looks, too. I mean, I well, just got to give him his due. And the thing that UCF did a really good job of last night, especially when the perimeter shot was not falling for them in the second half. They they got downhill, they took it to the basket, and they challenged ECU 
to guard them going to the hoop. It was one of those games where experience really plays in their favor, and they built around Taylor Hendricks and Darius Johnson, and outside of that, um, they did a really good job of getting senior transfers on the portal to just kind of build around that yeah. team, and experience really played a huge factor in that chippy ball game. Yep, yep. Um, so 30 for C.J. Kelly, who was sensational last night. Uh, he had 19 of those in the second half. Brandon Johnson and R.J. Felton paced the Pirates with 16 apiece, and then Ezra Osar had a dozen. Uh, eight rebounds for Javon Small, who didn't score until the last minute of the game. Eight assists, seven rebounds. Uh, that is for Javon Small last night. Uh, they did not start the game, did Small and Walker, and uh, they were reportedly late for a uh, for a team function. Is that right, Ben? A team breakfast, uh, as Mike Schwartz put it. He said the punctuality was not there. Okay. Well. Hey, I like it. Uh, let's... Uh, no, no, I have no problem with it at all. I have zero problem with it at all. All right, we'll uh, continue with this fun and frivolity. We need to grab a break. Uh, we'll hear from Coach Swartz and some of the players after this timeout on the Patrick Johnson Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Greenville's number one sports show is back. Understand? Yeah, I understand. No, lady. Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. I know they like to beat you down a lot and when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot But please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up Forgive, but don't forget We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show for you Preview some of the college basketball from the weekend What a, or uh, going into the weekend What a bad loss for Duke last night Oh, Mike Krzyzewski ain't walking through that door Apparently nobody showed up either Once You mean again, for Dwayne Reynolds Reynolds. Oh, you mean for the uh, at the arena? Yeah, there was not a much of a crowd there last night in uh, the Hurricanes Arena. Um, you know what's interesting about all that, uh, Ben? Is like we have Joe Giglio on this show, right? And we can have we could have really anybody on the show. Yeah, from yeah. the media. Yeah. You know, we we but we're very uh, we we're discerning in who we bring on. We're just not going to bring anybody on. One, because we don't have a ton of time in the afternoons, one hour. It's the greatest shift in radio. But we have, you know, I, we just, if you want some idiocracy, there's plenty of it out there on Twitter and social media and you know, other platforms. There's plenty of idiocracy out there. Or just check out when I host. You said <laughs> it. So, so, I mean, there's, there's plenty of just dumb stuff out there to consume, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, I agree. And so, you know, I look at when we have Joe Giglio on, because I, I think Giglio's really smart. I think he's fair a lot of the times, too. Oh, he's, he's, he's the best. He's a, he's a pro. Giglio's a real pro. And so we like having Giglio on from time to time. Um, the interesting thing about Giglio is... Uh, he was tw at the game and he was tweeting last night that, you know, that was the first 50, 50 ball Duke got. So in other words, with Gilio's tweeting something about it, 
I know he's not designed to get clout or clicks or whatever. It's Gilio telling what's really going on based on his, uh, you know, interpretation yeah, or analysis. Yeah. Which is what we and I just thought that was right. That was such a smart thing that he that you know you could tell it's no longer K on the sidelines. Not because oh Duke's not getting all the calls or not because this or that or the other. Because they're not playing like a Duke team right now. And I just thought that was you know, and, and just having read some stuff and talked to some other people who did see the game today, it it's it's a tough deal. Now big win for the for the Wolfies. That might get them into the uh, that that's something that they might consider and get them into the dance later on in the year. ACC's topsy turvy. It's a it's a rotten league, but it's a little topsy turvy right now. I, I agree, and I, I talked to, when I talked to Brian Mull earlier in the college basketball season. I thought that was a team that was getting slept on was NC State mainly because I think they have the best talent in college basketball in Terquavian Smith, and that can go a long way in a weak conference this year in the ACC. Did we ever get the Terquavian audio? I can get I it. I get, yeah, yeah. Why don't you get that and let's see if we can play that a little later on in the show because I do want to. All right, um, let's uh, play a couple of cuts from last night uh, in the post game. Pirates lose it in heartbreaking fashion by three to UCF. Uh, that is the fifteenth consecutive win over the Pirates by the Knights. That's just that's astonishing. Uh, and uh, here is Mike Swartz with his reaction. Great respect for uh, Coach Dawkins and. Uh, Central Florida program, uh, you know, I thought the difference in the second half was the nine offensive rebounds that they had. I thought we did a good job in the first half, you know, keeping them off the glass or at least, you know, working towards doing that. We knew that was a big piece of the game. And then obviously C.J. Kelly uh, was terrific right from the tip uh, with the three-point ball in the first half and in the second half uh, really driving down the lane and, and getting to the rent and making his free throws. Swartz says the uh, Pirates shot themselves in the foot, particularly in the second half. Now, we put ourselves in a position that every single time we were in these high-magnitude defensive possessions, which is normal, and this is what conference play is about, but some of the silly mistakes that we were making put you in a position where you have zero margin for error, and we don't have a whole lot as it is. And so now you're in a position where you need to get a stop, and when you do get a stop... Late game, we, we went with a little bit more aggressive press. We wanted to force a quick shot. We were fortunate enough that they missed it. We don't get the rebound. We got a big stop in a one-possession game. We don't get the rebound, and they put it back in. So, again, I, I really believe that uh, that was a huge part of the second half. Their ability, I, I don't think we were very good or as good as we needed to be in the second half defensively. Uh, surely not as good as we were in the first half. And Coach talked about the foul trouble that kept uh, B.J., uh, Brandon Johnson, and uh, Ezra Ozar from being as effective as they uh, appeared they were going to be early in the contest. What really hurt us in the um, first half is when Brandon, Ezra, and Javon were on foul trouble. But particularly in this game, Brandon and Ezra, I thought they were being pretty effective, uh, both offensively and defensively. And that was a big deal because we had, I believe, a seven-point lead, and Brandon and Ezra both have to check out of the game with two fouls and I contemplated keeping him but but I this was a highly emotional and a very physical game and I you know I, I kind of saw this game coming down to the second half and I thought that Brandon and, and Ezra that we could maintain and they went on a 5-0 run during that last stretch uh, you know I mean 
So we had, I think, a two-point lead at halftime. So I think foul trouble took a little bit away from Brandon in the first half. And then Central Florida is one of the elite defensive teams, not only in the conference, but in the country. So they are going to make adjustments not to let Brandon get open looks. I mean, they were there in the second half when he when he touched the ball. And we're continuing to express Brandon to be aggressive, 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 and he's doing that. And in his 29 minutes to go five for five and three for three from three, to answer your question, yeah, sure, if I could go back, I'd love him to shoot, more, to shoot the ball more. Coach Swartz uh, on uh, this young team saying it's difficult to keep your composure in a game that's emotional and physical as this one was. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, we talked about it before. We talked about it at shoot around. Uh, we talked about it, and uh, you know, but but this is a competitive game. This is a high intensity game. It's a very physical game. They're a physical team. We try and play physical. You know, I'm going to go back and watch the tape. I'm really be able to determine you know stuff that happened. But I thought we did lose a little bit of our poise and composure a few times. Uh, silly fouls that may not seem like something in the moment but are sure end up being a byproduct of being in tough situations later. And I thought we put ourselves in that situation by, uh, by letting the emotion get to us. Coach uh, Swartz, uh, following last night's defeat at the hands of Central Florida at home on why Javon Small did not start the game. Uh, Javon and Jaden, both, we just had a, a team uh, team breakfast this morning, and they weren't on time. Just a punctuality thing. Uh, again, they've been great all year, uh, but there, there's certain team standards that we have, and, and it just, you know, they just, you know, fumbled one. And, just, and that's why they, that they didn't start. As far as his game, I don't think it had anything to do with it. I think what Javon and what all players that have success in this league, in any league, when you have success and you're someone that the, the opposing coaching staff and opposing players know that our coaching staff and our players have great confidence in Javon, and we do. And that a lot of the time the offense runs through him, he's a decision maker, he's a scorer. He is going to get every other team's best effort, team defense-wise and individual defense-wise. And I think he saw that tonight, and I think he's seen that, in this, and he's played through it. But, you know, that, that, that target on your back gets bigger and bigger the more success you have as a player. That's sports. And uh, I think Central Florida did a really good job, and I think Javon will bounce back really well. A couple more from Coach here. He talked about Winston Tabbs, who started for the first time since January 2nd of 2021 against uh, Louisville. Yeah, I think Winston's given us a great feel out there, and you know what? He's doing it in practice, and we've often talked about that in here, and that guys are going to earn what they get in practice because that that's where – you know, you know, we get we get 31 games. I mean, that's what we get. But we have hundreds of practices, and we're in there every day. And we we were in there earlier today. So what the guys do in practice, and I think when as Winston has gotten healthy, his practices have gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And we talked about that back in the fall with Winston. Winston, when you get yourself going, you're going to earn it in practice, and he's done that. And I give him so much credit for it. Coach talked about the uh, the hectic sequence after the missed free throw at the end of the game. That was a little bit of a Luca moment, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So you know NBA. And it almost paid off. Uh, this is uh, Coach Swartz on BJ missing that free throw, and then they got to look at a three to tie it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got to see what it looked like. Um, but we, we were trying to determine at one point, is this the time to, you know, we had great confidence in Brandon would have made that second one. 
and now you're you know you're down two. You got to try and get a steal. We no, we don't have any timeouts. You got to play the foul game, go down and, and and come back. You know, I mean, you, we just looked at it. We have stuff that we work on. The guys we knew we, we called a play where we know, hey, we want to try and get a three right now. And the guys, you know, I give them a lot of credit. They actually, we got the shot, and we actually ended up, it sounds like we ended up with two. I, I know it was a kind of a mad scramble over there. Again, I got to see it. But, um, you know, that we just thought with six seconds left at that moment with the lineup we had in, with Brandon up there to execute uh, that, that particular play, we thought we had a chance to, to get it. And, and, you know, but it just didn't go in. And last thing from Mike Swartz, uh, he would like to see Ezra Ozar rebound better. 100%. And we, and we just talked about in there uh, in the locker room. And, you know, we have high standards and expectations for Ezra. And I think every player should want that. And, you know, that's an area that he knows he needs to be better. And we need him to be better because he's got the ability to do so. We need someone on that front line to go lock arms with Brandon the way Brandon's rebounding. And Ezra can do it. And he, he just got to lock in on that part uh, of his game right now. Offensively, he made some moves in that game that were uh, pretty special. Two-handed so, dunk, his signature move. Yeah, but he made a move one time in the lane like a guard. It oh, was, that was awesome. It was something. That was so cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll hear from Ezra Ozar and uh, R.J. Felton tomorrow, plus uh, some pregame comments from Coach Swartz right here on the Patrick Johnson Show uh, to get you to the weekend edition coming up tomorrow. Uh, right now, uh, well, you got the true Quavion Smith. He had 24 I last do, night yeah. for Duke. This is courtesy of uh, Graham Hill, our pal from Kinston, who is a producer for 99.9 The Fan. All right, Quavion Smith, I got to know, how does it feel knowing you just led your team to a victory over the 16th-ranked Duke Blue Devils at home at PNC Arena tonight? Uh, it feels good. You know, uh, great environment, uh, good fan base. It was deep in there tonight. It came out for us. Uh, so it was just great vibes. With a win like this, is this one of the reasons you decided to come back and play NC State for this sophomore season? Uh, this is a big reason, you know, to get this vibe, you know, get this experience. Uh, I never actually got to come out here like this or be the right team, so it's good. Being from Kinston, I saw what you could do at Farmville Central. It's great to see what you're doing at ACC. Yeah. Any message that you want to give that to your fellow supporters back in Farmville, Greenville, the 252 uh, community? Uh, I always put on for the city, you know, uh, 252. So I love 252. I love you guys, and I hope you keep supporting me. And then finally, anything else you want to say to, to Wolfpack Nation here? Big WPN. I love y'all too. There you go, Traquavion Smith. Hey, that message to the 252 is for me. For you? That's for me. I'm from Farmville. Okay. Yeah, I got, no, I got it. I, I played understand. some of his boys. You know, they respect me because I scored on my own team as a leadership. Right, yes. Yeah. They thought they thought it was a leadership team. This guy's a good yes, leader. They, yeah, we should have him on the Farmville Central basketball team. They, they could have used you on some of those championship uh, teams. They would have won by even more. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thanks to uh, Graham for that uh, bit of... Uh, info there right now ben byram with a 94-3 the game sports update then we'll talk some uh, panthers football the regular season finale with jim zoki thanks patrick ecu basketball now falls to 10 and 6 on the season and 1 and 2 in conference play after losing to ucf and Minji's coliseum last night 64 to 61 rj felton and brandon johnson tied and leading in scoring for the Pirates with 16 points each, respectively. R.J. Felton, after the game, said what the message was in the locker room after that heartbreaking loss. The message was um, we had a we had a guard, one-on-one defense. 
uh, we just got on um, as a team. We just got to lock in and um and um and stay focused throughout the hard times. Parts back in action this Saturday at two o'clock as they take on Memphis. That's January 7th, this Saturday. Live pregame and local coverage begins at 1 o'clock with Pirate Game Day Countdown. Network coverage begins with the voice of the Pirates with his 1,000th and one broadcast with Jeff Charles and Coach Michael Perry right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94-3, the game. Also, some breaking news from college basketball. Texas head coach Chris Beard has been officially been let go by the school. It was officially announced by Texas earlier today. Apparently, he had some legal troubles that a kept him or had a suspension or resulted in a suspension for him for the Longhorns. Also some interesting news from ECU football. Justin Reed, a tackle for the parts, as well as Miles Berry, senior linebacker, both officially declared for the NFL draft. Congratulations to them. We wish them well. And taking it to the NFL slate in the Carolina Panthers, they've been in deep talks with former Super Bowl appearing head coach Jim Harbaugh. Uh, who's now the coach from the Michigan Wolverines. Jim Harbaugh just recently released a statement that says he, quote-unquote, enthusiastically is looking forward to coaching the Michigan Wolverines in 2023. So do with that what you will. That's going to do it for us here on this 94th Through the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham. This 94th Through the Game Sports Update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL collective directly supporting pirate student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side, maybe some Jim Harbaugh talk with Jim Soki, Panthers Radio Network, right here with the P-Man on the Patrick Johnson Show. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, and we've got the Carolina Panthers wrapping it up this week against those hated Saints. You can hear the game beginning at noon on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB. Happy New Year, Jim Zoki. Happy New Year to you as well. Always great, Patrick, to be on the program here as we wind it down. This is, one, as you said, last game, and uh, see how we finish up here. So, obviously, the major story from the NFL this week is DeMar Hamlin. Uh, To read and watch reports on how he has progressed is remarkable. Uh, Let me just say that. We've said it on here, but let me just say that again. It's it's really pretty amazing stuff. Um, You know, what what has the Panthers locker room uh, kind of been the, their reaction to this. I, I'd be interested in finding out what you know other teams that are that were not involved on the field are, are saying or thinking about all this. Yeah, like like you would expect, it uh, affecting people uh, deeply there, and uh, you know, there's a lot of ties obviously between this organization and Buffalo with their head coach Sean mm-hmm. McDermott. So Steve Wilkes reached out to, of course, Sean McDermott and the coaches there. And as uh, as Steve said at his press conference when I was there yesterday, you know they. As a team, uh, said a prayer for uh, Demar and the, the family. Uh, he has reached out a couple different ways to the organization in Buffalo. Uh, one of our players, uh, backup safety Kenny Robinson, is close with uh, Demar Hamlin, so uh, they sent him home Wednesday just to let him process. You know that 
as far as even wanting to practice here. You know, people are wondering, like, how do the Buffalo Bill players go on here? You know, in Carolina, there's there's guys that are deep right, affected. Right. And Raheem, Black, Raheem Blackshear, the running back, uh, also is close with him. So there are some people that you know, knew him very well. And uh, it's great news, as he said, to hear that he's uh, more alert and he's communicating through writing and doing some certain things. So that, that's great to see the progress. You know, Jim, uh, I, I don't think we give enough because you don't have to until something like this or something happens. But trainers, especially in the NFL, medical staff in the NFL, I mean, in a lot of cases, they're world class, and you hope they are for reasons like this. They are, and apparently they have meetings before these games. I'm guessing they do at the college level as well about uh, just, just somebody who's in charge, who's the point person for a medical emergency. And, you know, we've all been around you know, college stuff where there's been officials that have had heart attacks, you know, right. referees. There's been, yep. you know, players that are have severe injuries. So you know there's there's an ambulance there, there's medical teams there, there's doctors and trainers and all. So it could be anything from, like, you know, a Joe Theismann situation to a concussion to cardiac arrest. And you just don't – or it could be a fan in the stands. Uh, you never know what it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. And uh, uh, the first responders to everybody who's uh, just down there in any kind of medical capacity, what they do. Yeah, it's it, – it, that that group's work Monday night is uh, – I think we're going to look back on this and, and see how truly remarkable and heroic that group was. Um, amazing stuff. Really was. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the great Jim Zoki, WBT Hall of Famer Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network is uh, – <laughs> is on with this uh, here. Um, wh- one other thing on this, you know, and, and there's been a lot made because Twitter's such an instant reaction. NFL was in a position here where it was uncharted water. Um, a lot of reaction, as I said to it. Do you think they maybe handled it about as well as they could? Because this is not anything they've ever really had to thankfully experience before. I mean, uh, clearly they did the, the thing that had to happen, which was sure, yeah, to yeah, stop the game and not continue the game. And I don't even call it postponement; should just be canceled. And uh, I don't think they'll. I don't think practically they should be making up this game. I mean, we lived through COVID, right? So many sports had you know tell the NC State fans that you know we're in the College World Series or in a bowl game when their games get canceled. We we can live life and continue it without playing every single game. It'll be okay. And so if it's life and death like this, uh, I think that takes precedent over the circumstances of what the standings look like, and both teams will go to the playoffs. And I just can imagine reconvening and bringing those two teams back together at any point to try to play the game again. Uh, even if we've got positive news on DeMar Hamlin, it just seems impractical. Let's just move off it and cancel it. But as far as that evening goes, like, it, yeah, sure, it felt like, because we're watching every second of this, like, right. cancel the game. Why aren't they canceling the game? Why are there still fans in the stands? And my guess is it was just a matter of probably – getting in addition to Roger Goodell, just whatever representatives from both teams together to even speak about it. Cause if the first concern was the player on the field, not the scheduling of the game and you know, how long of a delay to take. And I don't know if there was or wasn't reality wise, a, a five minute warm up that was called for. That's what Joe Buck said happened. And maybe it, it did happen that way, but regardless in the end, no one played again, everyone Buffalo went home that night and, uh, and they did the right thing. And it was actually not only the right thing, it was the only thing yeah. you could do. And uh, it happened. So it got taken care of. And I think the only one who really came out worse for the wear was Skip Bayless. I don't understand anything he ever says anyway to begin with. But uh, <laughs> talk about Twitter and just yeah. what a sewer pit it can be sometimes. That was a perfect example. No, of it, it. I've, I've <laughs> said it on this show a gazillion times. It's the cesspool of, of society. Yeah. And I, my wife and I talked about it during the holiday break. You know, if, if I didn't have to have social media for what we do, I wouldn't. 
I'd, I'd get rid of, of course. But yeah, I mean, we, I agree. you know, it's the world we're in now, unfortunately, Zoke. And, uh, that's, you know, but I, but I do sincerely mean that I, I'd be better off <laughs> just not having to mess with it. And anyway, that's, that's a whole other story for another time. We'll get a, a midsummer dissertation on social media and sports from Jim Zoki at uh, some point in July. Yes, the off season program. Yeah, that's part of it. Right yes. Now. The off season. Well, I'm accused of always recording everything, Jim. And as I always joke, we recorded this interview, of course, back in September. Jim Zoki is with us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So the hated Saints wrapping up against uh, them. What is the what, what, so the Bucks have wrapped this up in the NFC South, Jim? Uh, is that or, or is there a chance at the Saints? What give me give me the skinny on this? Well, for the division, yeah, when the Panthers lost and the Bucks won, that gave it to Tampa Bay as far as the division, regardless of their game against Atlanta Sunday. Uh, Panthers, New Orleans are essentially playing for second place. Okay. Whoever wins this game will be second place in the NFC South. So there's still plenty the to end. play for here in a way. Well, I think there's that. I think the players genuinely like Steve Wilkes. And uh, if they win, they'll be 6-6 six and six under Steve Wilkes and uh, start out 1-4 and four under Matt Rule. And I think anything they can do to help improve the resume of, of Steve Wilkes, it almost seems universal in that locker room that they like Steve Wilkes and would like to see him get this job. I think there's that, and I think there's pride. And I've seen this team too in past years when you're kind of building blocks. You know, there is something about forward momentum into an off season. And um, if you're going to bring back a core of, of players, and, and in this case, possibly the coaching staff, you know, that's something to build off of, and something that matters heading into the off season. And something sounds better about seven and ten than six and eleven. We've won five games the last what three, four years yeah. uh, in a row. So at least you know you're winning more and. Headed, you know, hopefully an arrow in the right direction anyway. Is Wilkes, has he done enough to, to get the head job in your estimation? I mean, we'll see who all they interview, and they do have to go through a process as far as comparing him to other candidates. But as far as what he's done, just to, to look at it, and as I've said in the past, he's, he's run un, uncontested to this point. Um, I think he's done a terrific job. I think he's really stabilized what was a bad situation here. As I say, also, he's like, he didn't get to pick up the groceries, but he's got to cook the meal. So he's got to work with the ingredients that were presented to him here. So this is not his team or coaching staff. It's kind of a piecemeal of, I'm sure, uh, some that he would like to keep and some that he would like to change. And uh, to me, I think considering those circumstances and doing it on the fly with no spring football or summer football to prep for it, he's done a great job. And I think beyond that, he's a leader. He's well-respected. He's had success. I mean, that win against Detroit the week before Tampa Bay was amazing what yeah. they were able to do franchise records in that game so i do i think to, my opinion i think he's done enough uh, but we'll see uh, who else they talk to and uh, what they think could be the big picture moving forward but i like steve wilkes i think he deserves the job we got jim zoki with us uh, here to the bucks game you know you're up 14 nothing tampa stages uh this this comeback and everything that kind of could have gone wrong in the second half somewhat seemed to particularly in the third so you know, I, I look at this, Sam Darnold, the day he has. Where is Sam Darnold in the future of this this whole thing? I think that's one of the great unknowns. Um, this has been a great uh, month of football for Sam Darnold's resurrection. And he did have uh, a hand in three turnovers in that loss to yeah. Tampa Bay. And those were huge factors in, in the fact that they lost the game. Uh, but um, he still threw for 341 yards and three touchdowns. Also, you have to point that out. Uh, as far as in, on the good side for him. So this has been his, the best football stretch of his pro career between five years of Jets and Panthers football. So he, uh, you know, he's a free agent. So I think he'll have suitors. So I think he'll have options. And um, I think this will be one of them. But it would not surprise me. There's so many teams looking for just kind of a stable quarterback. 
Uh, I think another good showing, especially here at the end, which I think he'll probably have, uh, would give him kind of a nice little resume of five, six games to show what he's uh, really capable of. And so I think he's looked like a different quarterback this time around than he was last year, a lot more confident and settled in the pocket. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think he's got a chance to you know, move forward as a starter now, which if you think back to Spartanburg and training camp, uh, everyone kind of written him off entirely. So yeah. that's a nice comeback by him. Brady was really good. 432, he had three touchdowns as well. Is Was that just kind of reaching back in the days of your performance? Uh, or is it something you feel like seeing him and seeing this offense the other day they can do with some consistency? It was a little bit of both him being Brady. You can't take that away. He, he threw the passes. He's pinpoint accurate when given the time back there. It was like watching the varsity against the JV as far as our cornerback situation went, though, without having J.C. Horn right, and yeah. without Dante yeah. Jackson. It's a huge drop-off to sure, what we got but he still made now. the throws. He still, ma- he still <laughs> no, no, had to no, make not, the throws. You know. I'm not taking it away, but it was like it was such pitch and catch, though, Patrick. I mean, it was really – you see that in college, you kind of go, okay. But in the pros, like, you don't see 60 and 50 <laughs> – I mean, like almost uncontested touchdown passes. It's just like that, that, that should not happen in the NFL. And so it was just, uh, it was horrible. I mean, it was just like that should not happen at the pro level to that degree that there should be that type of drop off. And it was, it was known going in. It wasn't like these were in game injuries. It was known going in. CJ Anderson, it could be Keith Taylor and whoever. It was just, it was terrible. And they, the fact that we had to even bring Josh Norman out of retirement from being a barista in Atlanta to even be on the team, <laughs> even though he didn't play a big role. Right. I mean, that, that's about as shallow as it can get in a defensive cornerback room right there. So that was, a, again, now you're, and you're facing, truly, let's, let's all agree, the GOAT. I mean, the greatest quarterback right. ever to play the game. It's hard to make an argument for anybody else. And, again, even at 45, given the time back there, you had Tom Brady, who in typical games this year is thrown for about 250 and maybe a touchdown or two <laughs> and an right. interception or two. This is this was by far his best game of the year. you got to factor in the defense he was facing. Do you think uh, we're watching his last games, or does he reemerge somewhere? He's got absolutely no reason to be at home on Sundays now, so I think he'll <laughs> keep on playing. I think he's going to keep on. And I think a game like that will want him to feel like he can keep on playing. Yeah. It may not be at Tampa Bay. It may be a time to move on and you know, different situations. The one, um, I've, I've actually, yeah, we have different NFL insiders, and you guys probably know Will Brinson since mm-hmm. he's up in yeah, Raleigh absolutely. with CBS Sports. He's so yeah. good, and we have him on every pregame. And the, a lot of, the, again, it's talk and rumor mill stuff, but Las Vegas. And that would kind of fit, you know, at this point of his career. And that was on his short list prior to going to Tampa, was, in, you know, going to the West Coast. And uh, L.A. was on that list, of course. But uh, I think, you know, Las Vegas would certainly be a place, and they need a quarterback. They got, you know, Devontae Adams and some good things going out there. Be a resurrection of his time with Josh McDaniels. So there's a lot of things that line up that, you know, Las Vegas might be a really intriguing place for him to go and finish out his career. Hey, Zoke, thanks a lot. Always great to uh, catch up with you. We appreciate the time. All right, Patrick. Thanks. Jim Zoki, Panthers will play noon airtime, one kick Sunday on our sister station, 1037, Talk 1037 WTIB. We'll wrap things up right after this. Well, I took a walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. And Pirates. Oh, yeah. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. (laughs) 
It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Breaking. This just in. Breaking news. This is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson. Ben, who reported this? Because uh, I can't find it. I'm not doubting you. I just don't want to. AP. Misspeak here. Okay, what's the AP? Well, you you found it. What is AP reporting? Uh, they're reporting that the Bills and Bengals game will not be resumed. Okay. So it's official. It's official. Officially official. Officially okay. official. I think we do that though, didn't we? Uh, well, no they they were kind of throwing it around that it might be postponed or they might work it in at some point. And then they said, we'll just let the Bills decide what's going to happen. And I think they finally came to a decision. It was kind of – everybody was assuming that was going to happen. And, you know, if we're being honest, we all right. expected it to happen. But now we got official confirmation it's happening. There you go. Okay, I'm fine with that, aren't you? Yeah, no, that's fair game. I mean – those guys, you know, they're almost like a family. They work with this guy every single day. Um, you know, well, they spend more time than they do with their families this time. Yeah, again. absolutely. And then they see one of their brothers out there. Uh, they don't know if he's dead yeah. or alive after playing a game. I mean, nobody goes in there with the mindset so, uh, that I could potentially die out there. Right, right, right. So you're you're right on that. Yeah, you're right on that. Okay, so that is uh, some good news. Chris Beard was fired today, according to uh, reports, as the head coach of Texas. That uh, stems from a domestic family domestic violence charge incident, uh, apparently that it occurred a while ago, but had not been reported. Uh, he was arrested in December. Tough situation there for uh, his uh, significant other, and but but also uh, the kids because that's just a big big mess surrounding everything. Uh, yeah, there at Texas, it's uh, not a good situation. All right, uh, well that'll do it for today. Thanks to Jim Zoki for being with us. Appreciate Zoke for taking a few minutes. Ben, is there anything I didn't get to today we needed to mention? I think you covered everything. Oh, the uh, the new offensive line coach. Oh, God! How could I have forgotten that? Not sports and hard enough, right? That's right. Well, I mean, how many of these diehard ECU fans know who this guy is, anyways? I mean, we're so used to Shank. We're gonna get Shank on at some point, by the way. I don't Alan, know when, but we are going to get... Sh- Alan Mogridge. Yeah, I was looking for it. I was vamping there until I found it. Al- Alan Mogridge. There you go. Right? right? Alan yeah. Mogridge? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come to learn it here in the, the coming days. Well, we'll get him on the show. Open invite. Alan Mogridge. Shout out. All right. Uh, we'll catch everybody tomorrow. Brian Moll will be with us. Here from Coach Schwartz. It'll be the Get You to the Weekend Edition.